The spotlight remains on Europe this week in the world of competitive Splatoon, from the official European Championship last weekend to the eight-team Ink to the Rhythm Invitational coming up this weekend. I sit down with Wadsom and Soren to give you all the details on this week's episode of the Weekly Splat. Hello there, Inklings, Octolings, and whatever other two creatures you may identify as. My name is Kbot, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Splat, where I discuss some of the news and happenings in the competitive Splatoon scene in the past week. Without any further ado, let's hop right into it. Last weekend, of course, the 2019 Splatoon 2 European Championship was held, where 12 teams from all across Europe competed in Paris to become the 2019 Splatoon 2 European Champions. After the group stage on Saturday, the Spanish team Polarized, the German Backsquids, the Nordic Ampari Gang, and the French Alliance Rogue were the advancers to play in semifinals on Sunday. In the semifinal rounds, Backsquids took down Polarized 3-0, and Alliance Rogue took down the Ampari Gang 3-1. And for all the marbles, Grey, Kiver, Soren, and Erza had dominant performances against Backsquids, beating them 4-1 and claiming the European Championship for France. To talk a little bit about the European Championship, I got to sit down with Wadsom, who commentated the event and played with Backsquids last year to win it all. Have a listen in on his thoughts in regards to the event, as well as what he's looking forward to about this weekend's Ink to the Rhythm tournament. Hey there, Watson. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, same as well. Uh, so how was Paris? How was the uh, European Championship? Oh, it was such a good trip. Like The whole production of it, it was like top notch. It was the best line Nintendo ever put out, in my opinion. Even though, yeah, there was some technical difficulties in the end overall it was just like location itself mm-hmm. there was never anything better before and especially with those like 300 live uh viewers in that esports arena that that was really lit <laughs> uh so was there anything that kind of stood out to you as far as the tournament as a whole goes well just the uh, tremendous support by the audience and everyone there like there was just like one big celebration party for the whole community itself at least mm-hmm. here in Euro- uh, europe now really i hope that you guys in america are gonna have the same with pax east yeah let's hope i don't even know when it's uh gonna happen but i think pretty soon like yeah so pax east is on or like their tournament is march wait march yeah it is march this month oh, March pretty, pretty soon yeah so pretty soon looking forward to it here um so what kinds of uh, teams st- stood out to you in the tournament as a whole, like in the group stage on day one? Like what teams proved, uh, you know, had strong performances, might may have gone a little more unnoticed? Well, I mean, <laughs> you mentioning unnoticed. I, I was about to say um, Imperial Gang, the Finnish or uh, Nordic team. But I mean, they, they kind of went pretty far in the tournament, so... That mm-hmm. was definitely not a notice. Uh, I mean, Belgium actually um, beating Italy. I did not expect it. All the other matches kind of went how I expected them to go. So that was kind of the only one that I kind of didn't predict right. So, okay, good stuff to them because the um, yeah Italian squad is also pretty a pretty promising team, well-established players in the community. So yeah, that was a small upset, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um. So obviously, you know. 
Alliance Rogue, the French team, probably were the favorites heading in, and they did indeed wind up taking uh, the tournament. So what do you think they were able to do so well uh, last weekend to kind of take that tournament? Well, I, I would say um, them actually I'm actually flexing on the backline, like Soren actually played backline for the whole tournament. I guess that kind of won them the game since um, last year they faced backswits with the same squad and they kind of fall short because, yeah, having an actual backline on sides of backswits that just gives, especially in the LAN environment, just way more structure to your gameplay and way more security overall for your team. So, um, yeah, they, they really um, practiced that a lot to really have a decent backline there because Soren, yeah, he never really played backline, so he really just flexed for that one tournament onto the role and I think yeah that kind of gave them the edge to clutch think, it in the end. Do you think that was like just the sole difference was finally you know having a backline for them? Oh, probably but I mean you can't really compare um, both matches like if you compare it to last year's match Alien Strug against Bexwitz, uh that was a completely different meta as well and back in the day um, we had like a year ago we had still blasters being prominent in meta like rapid blast and normal blaster and as you know for back switch we have margin one of the best rapid blasters in the western scene we mm -hmm. have um, ben one of the best blasters in the western scene and this is kind of not their meta at least for the weapons they're used to um playing a lot in switching to so they had also kind of had to flex on other weapons like margin for example on midline supports like undercover or h3 and ben just playing uh dual leads i mean they're, they're still amazing players at their weapons but this is kind of not their meta that's probably also one real france in the end beat them yeah that's true um so kind of looking ahead to this coming weekend uh with the ink to the rhythm invitational uh i think a lot of people might be surprised to see that you are listed on the roster for kraken paradise uh how did that kind of come about uh, well, they, they were already enlisted for the tournament. I mean, that's like an invitational as well. I think there's eight teams invited from Europe mm -hmm. playing the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And Blontro just, uh, yeah, suddenly had to drop out and they were looking for a sub. And since I'm kind of playing the same weapons as he always does, they just approached me. And yeah, now we're just going to see how far we can get in the tournament, potentially even win it. But we will see about that. Since, uh, yeah, we still need to scream a bit to just get used to each other but and also me not having played that much competitive Splatoon over the last what about eight months since the um world championship i'm pretty rusty when it comes to competitive play especially as the highest level uh, on the highest level so I, i'm just using this week to <laughs> just get back a bit to the level where i was before so i can fit onto one of those top level teams again and then we're just gonna see how far we can get with that squad yeah, it's a great attitude to have. So uh, looking forward to this weekend, what should we as spectators kind of watch out for? I mean, we have the top three of uh, Europe there. It's always like... I saw people comparing um, those gaming against Great Paradise as the El Clasico of Splatoon. You know, if you're familiar with uh, football or soccer. <laughs> Probably not if you're American. I don't know, but that's kind of the big... Uh, soccer match everyone is always watching out for being mm -hmm. um barcelona against real madrid and i mean it's always a it's always pretty exciting to watch just curtain paradise against Cus gaming of course curtain paradise being not at their best with uh, not their main lineup playing but still um those two like they, they always go ham each other and i just 
at least <laughs> I'm a, uh, I myself am really looking forward to playing in that one. Mm -hmm. I really hope that we can do as well to get exciting matches out. Even yeah, me only being a sub and they're being kind of handicapped a bit at least. But they also just at least for me playing against back squids and ghost gaming again at such a level, it's going to be a blast for me. And I think the viewers will also yeah kind of get the tension behind those matchups and can look forward to them. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you. I also had the chance to interview Soren, one of the players on Alliance Rogue and new European champion, as well as member of the fan favorite Ghost Gaming. Listen to his thought regarding the tournament and how Ghost is preparing for Ink to the Rhythm this weekend. So Thorin, oh hello, so Soren, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks uh, for having me there. Not a problem. So, uh, congrats on becoming European champions. Uh, it looks like you guys really popped off there at the end. Uh, what does it all mean for you and your team? I mean, for us, it's a it's a really big achievement. Probably the biggest achievement on Splatoon as a competitive player. We've been struggling personally for me. I lost in grand finals in two thousand. I lost in semifinal in two thousand eighteen. So winning this year is actually. A dream i would say like especially since i'm going to japan in september and i'm kind of kind of like gonna take a step back from the competitive scene i really wanted to win this tournament before i step back you know yeah cool uh so before we get uh too far deeper i've gotta ask because i didn't really pick up on it fully myself uh what's the story behind the cat behind the cat the the potato cat Oh, the potato guy. Oh, basically, the potato guy is like, you know, Octoboy the, is a famous YouTuber. Yeah. And he carries around the potato guy pretty much everywhere. And he asked me if it could be the mascot of the team, pretty much. Like, <laughs> and uh, I said, no problem. I'll take it to the stage. And, uh, and nice. that's how it became the potato guy from Iron Rogue. Nice. Uh,. All right, so can you tell me a little more about uh, your team's preparation for the championship? Specifically, like how your role obviously changed drastically uh, to be able to yeah. succeed this weekend? So we, so we are all part of the international team, so we had to keep playing until two weeks before the event. With our international teams, there was the Invitational uh, in late February, and right after... We had two weeks of, of scrims pretty much killed every every evening uh, since we don't have time to play during the day. So we just scream most, mostly the evening. We take maximum one day of break during. And uh, we try to focus hard on improving with, uh, on the maps that Nintendo gave us. So we knew the maps beforehand, which was super helpful, not like screaming randomly. And we could really adjust our team comp, our practice, Around this, we knew which maps we were going to face potentially as soon as we knew the groups. So it was kind of kind of like it was a lot easier for us to actually predict what was going to happen. We actually could make counter picks uh, for the for the weapon comp because we knew some teams really were not super flexible and were not going to change their weapons. And uh, well, backline, uh, I don't think uh, it was so hard to learn. I really have a good aim in general in the game, so. I, Picking up a weapon that's not charger, so everybody clear or custom jet squash is fine. 
Mm-hmm. And on the other end, the biggest challenge for me was the Stingray 1v1, which is drastic, like one of the most important thing in this game when you play tower control or rainmaker, m- mainly tower control. And uh, I played a lot against fit to win I mean, F2Win, I don't know how, how they call themselves these days, but Ice was great practice for me to learn Stingray 1v1. And after playing like, I don't know, four screens or something, five screens with, with backline only, I kind of understood a lot more how the Stingray 1v1 goes, what I should do, what are my options, and and this kind of stuff. And after I understood this, I, I became really consistent at winning them, or just like pressuring the snipe in half. So for example, for example, you usually use the Stingray on the checkpoint. So even if you don't kill the guy with Stingray, you just need to like pressure him enough so that your midline, who is on tower, is able to take the checkpoint, this kind of stuff. And during the actual finals, uh, against back squeeze. So Emperor Gang didn't play in the backline, but against back squeeze was mainly Echo. And during the five maps, I died and I killed him way more times. So I was pretty happy about it, especially against the guy who played backline for so long. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, so do you think that it was pretty much just all of the preparation and like constant scrimming that you were talking about that kind of led you guys to uh, victory this weekend, or was there like anything in addition to that? Mm, I think this kind of like we all, both teams like Kraken Pirates and Ghost, where two of our players are issued from each. Uh, all both these teams are scrimming super high, practicing uh, as honestly Kraken as much as if they would be professional players and at go we play we practice a lot we want to always keep the highest level and for like the past year both of these teams have been screaming constantly uh keep grinding improving adapting and i think this is this last full last year that allowed all these all of our all of our players to improve individually and competitively and allow us to like adapt together very quickly, so that's how that's how we adapt in two weeks to new roles. But, but it's because of this full year we were grinding the game super hard. I think. Gotcha. Uh, so kind of commenting and going on a little more from that. So uh, you and Erza obviously are teammates on Ghost, and Gray and Kibber are teammates on Kraken Paradise. So uh, you know, typically you guys are rivals. Uh, and recently, it's been like just cracking paradise after ghost time and time again in a lot of these tournaments, um, especially where it's more, you know, Europe central. Um, and so you went from being rivals to teammates for those two weeks leading up to this tournament. And now you're going to go right back to rivals again as we prepare for uh, Ink to the Rhythm coming up uh, later this weekend. So, like, can you try to talk a little bit about, like, that shift in mindset? Like, I'm sure you guys are all friends regardless, but, like, does that kind of... It's true. Well, I didn't think about it too much, to be honest. I know Kiver for a long time, like, five years. We've been teaming together on Mario Kart 8. We've been teaming together in Splatoon. Then we went on different teams. I don't think it matters too much. We can switch pretty easily. Rival, non-rival mindset, I feel, but... We're all, like, Alien Stroke has been existing since last year. We already played with this lineup of players last year. Mm-hmm. We already knew it was to play together. We just didn't have a backline last year, which didn't help. But I, I feel mindset thing with rivalry was not a big deal. 
I feel. So it's not like weird to you at all that you're about to go up against the same people you just won with like this coming weekend? No, it's fine. All right. Yeah, I don't I don't mind. Uh, we just play two weeks together, you know? Yeah. There's kind of a... Yeah, it yeah, We're kind of probably going to play again together, like if there's a world championship. Mm-hmm. I assume it's going to be announced early April or something, if there is one. Nobody really knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even Nintendo. Right. Um, so, you know, as we continue looking forward now to this Ink to the Rhythm tournament, uh, you know, that's coming up this weekend, um, what is Ghost doing to prepare for the tournament? And how do you all feel entering the event? So we've been screaming the past few days. Uh, we're trying to catch up a bit with Ghost, like trying to like get back to playing together. I have to get back to playing mi- to playing second slayer or kind of the disturbing player with cancer dualies. I try to play a lot of, a lot of pro weapons actually insane. We tried a bunch of different weapons because there was the patch that dropped on Monday. Right. So for us it's been we have we kind of haven't really settled on the comp or or we are not so 100% sure of what we play yet. We have pre- we have pretty figured out for uh, for me and Brian, but for Urz and Sendo, it's a bit unsure still. We're trying different things, so hopefully tomorrow's scrims give us a better idea. And for in the rhythm, I w- I would say I would say we're going in like we can do a good thing, but we don't exactly know the maps, so we couldn't afford the maps. So it's gonna be kind of a first try on some maps like minus scrims. They didn't provide the maps early. They just say it's like tournament organizer decide the first map and the next maps are determined by picks and bands from a map list. Okay. So I'm I'm like, I can go well probably. Like we we can do good stuff there. I was very confident for European Championship because we had so much practice. I mean, not so much practice, but I knew the way we practiced was very effective. And I mm-hmm. knew we were strong on these maps. I knew we knew our opponents well. Like we we kind of had strategy for every every single detail of each of each map. It's something I really like to do when I prepare for a tournament. But this time we don't really know the maps, so. Yeah, gotcha. All right. Well, congrats again on uh, becoming the European champion, and best of luck this coming weekend. Thank you very much. As was mentioned in the interviews, this weekend's event is Ink to the Rhythm, an invitational hosted by Players Unity featuring eight of the best teams in Europe. Those teams are Backsquids with Ben, Kaito, Majin, and Echo, Nuance with Creamy, Deco, Sufex, Nile, Noctis, and Free, Skillink with Agito, Fyro, Skill, and Zolarix, Ghost with Brian, Sendo, Erza, Soren and Dude, Polar Ace with Pokefan, Awu, Frosty, Julian, Wombo, and Chassie, Energetic with Robbie, Kago, Lion, Benny, and Promano, Kraken Paradise with Plantro, Kiver, Wadsum, Kaji, and Gray, and lastly El Firmament with Wano, AP6, Brosario, Getaway, and Lemunk. Prizes for this tournament are sponsored by Sennheiser, and the total value of it all is estimated to be about $2,000. For updates, be sure to keep an eye on the Players Unity Twitter account at PlayersUnity underscore. 
The event starts at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Daylight Time or 7 o'clock p.m. Central European Time on Saturday, March 16th. Another event to take note of this weekend is the preseason seeding tournament for Leagues Under the Inks, 8th season, taking the form of the March 2019 edition of the Squidboard Splat Series. The tournament will take place on Sunday, March 17th at noon Eastern Daylight Time and 5 p.m. Central European Time, with a broadcast hosted by Endgame TV. Be sure to listen and tune in as Ludi Season 8 kicks off. Speaking of which, is your team signed up for Ludi itself? Leagues Under the Ink is Splatoon's largest competition, where teams face off in similar skilled divisions for six weeks of competition heading into playoffs. Don't forget to sign up to be a part of Splatoon's largest competition, where signups end this Sunday. Check out their Discord server for more information. That concludes this week's episode of the Weekly Splat. If you're interested to learn more about what I focused on today, be sure to check out some of the links in the description below of this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and follow me on Twitter for consistent updates at kbot underscore 273. If you have any feedback, feel free to message me there as well. The Weekly Splat works in tandem with Ecofeed, as both products aim to keep you, Splatoon players, informed about the competitive community. If you're not already following Ecofeed on Twitter, I suggest you do to stay up to date on the most recent competitive Splatoon news. Thanks again for listening, Cephalopods, and happy splatting.